Welcome to Sadie's Divorce and Happy Podcast, where I discuss life after divorce with a playful, spicy, fresh perspective. Every episode includes burning questions, lively 10-minute talks, and tips to happiness. Are you ready for an amazing act two? Then join me on today's episode. It's time to get your new beginning started. Thanksgiving is just two weeks away. Can you believe it? And while I can say that I am really looking forward to eating that turkey and mashed potatoes and gravy and of course the pecan pie, I can't say that I'm really looking forward to cooking it. In fact, it's quite a stretch for me. I don't know about you, but it's quite a stretch for me to say that I enjoy cooking in general. My table for one experiences since my divorce have been very, what I'd say, beige, very bland. I don't know. How about you? Are you over there making yourself, you know, your five course dinners? Are you, are you all gourmet? and everything is fancy and delicious. Well, if it is, you should really invite me over. (laughs) I'll bring some bars. I'm much better at baking. Baking is my jam. I mean, honestly, I find cooking to be a little daunting. All that chopping and and whisking and knowing which spice goes with what, it stresses me out. It just, it stresses me out. But one thing I've learned since my divorce is that I eat a lot of meals by myself. Have you learned this as well? I eat a lot of solo meals, a lot of solo meal action going on over here. Not as fun as solo bedroom activities, by the way. As you know from listening to this podcast, or if you're just listening for the first time today, I have learned to spice up the bedroom since my divorce. And I am I am certain that after today's episode with my guest, celebrity chef and cookbook author, Katie Chen, I'm going to feel inspired to do the same in the kitchen. I know I'm feeling a little playful today and I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty hungry. Are you hungry over there? Well, good thing that chef Katie is going to teach us some of her most delicious colors tips and tricks. So let's turn up the heat in our kitchens. And what better way to do that than with some burning questions? Burning questions. Let's turn up the heat for 60 seconds. Well, I am especially excited to turn up the heat, not only with these burning questions, but soon in the kitchen with my guest, Katie Chin. Thank you so much for being part of the episode, Katie. Thanks so much for having me, Sadie. All right. Are you ready for your burning questions over there? Okay. I'm going to put 60 seconds on the clock and the goal is to answer as many questions as you can within that time frame, And they have all been tailored, especially for you. So here we go. What about cooking makes you feel happiest? Nourishing my friends and family. Where can you find the best Chinese takeout? Sam Wu in Los Angeles. What's your favorite dish on the Lian Chin menu? Lemon chicken. What's fly about your hometown, Minneapolis, Minnesota? Well, Prince, dude, and Mary Tyler Moore, I have to say. When using a rice cooker, what do most people do wrong? They don't wash their rice in advance. Is there a wrong way to cut an onion? Um, Well, not really, but there's tips so you don't start crying. On a scale of one to 10, how much did you enjoy being on the reality cooking show, Cutthroat Kitchen? 10. What makes life after divorce so delicious? Freedom. How many different knives do you think you use when cooking? Three. What is a spice we should all have in our kitchen cupboard, but don't? Cumin. People would enjoy cooking more if they'd... Drink wine. (laughs) What's a meal that you love to cook for yourself? Mm, Fried chicken and mashed potatoes. 
Oh, that sounds amazing. I, again, I'm so excited to have an award-winning cookbook author, celebrity chef, and culinary ambassador on the podcast today. So thank you again so much for being here, Katie. I know that you co-hosted a cooking show called Double Happiness. That sounds delicious. Did you enjoy that experience? I did. Well, it was with my late mother, Leanne Chen. So she was a real tiger mom and also hated to be on TV. And although she criticized me throughout the series, it was um, so much fun to do with her. So much fun to do with her. Well, I'm so glad. The listener and I, were eager to learn from you today how to have more happiness in the kitchen when we're cooking for ourselves. So we are excited for your tips today on the Table for One episode. What do you, first of all, what do you recommend when it comes to getting started to getting more comfortable with cooking for yourself instead of cooking for a family or cooking for your kids? Mm. Well, I have been divorced twice. I'm on my third marriage slash husband. And I recall once I decided to leave, especially the second time, because, you know, I was a little bit older and uh, cooking a lot more at this point in my life. First of all, don't get overwhelmed. Start small, right? Uh, You know, don't feel sorry for yourself. If you know, there's a a pack of chicken with 10 breasts, just stick them in the freezer. You know what I mean? Individually, you know what? Save money, save time. Uh, Take those nine remaining breasts and put them in individual Ziploc bags and just stick them in your freezer. Not only that, I learned, especially when making like a simple stir fry, go to the salad bar. I think they're back open. They are at least in LA, the salad bars. Yes, they are. If you're making like a stir fry, just go there and pick up what you need. Just, you know, they're already uh, cleaned and ready to go. Right. And you can, I think you save money that way. Cause I, I know at least sometimes just even cooking for my husband and I, when the kids are, aren't home, there's so much waste involved. So I think that's a really fast and efficient way. And then you can try something new every night instead of making this batch that serves six people and having to eat, you know, that spaghetti and meatballs for six days in a row. Cause who wants that? Yeah. That's what happens to me. I think often too, what I do is I just cook the same thing over and over again, because I'm not very, I'm a creative person, but I'm just not very creative in the kitchen. So how, what's the tip to becoming more creative and getting out of the box with what you prepare as a solo person by yourself? You can actually go, if you go on Google and let's say you only have asparagus, chicken, eggs, and mayonnaise. If you just put in the Google search bar, those four ingredients, recipes will automatically pop up that just feature those four ingredients. So um, that's a great way. Not only that, my daughter and I, she's 13. We have a a show every Sunday at five o'clock Pacific standard time called cooking with Katie and Becca. And we did it during COVID because people were getting really um, tired of eating the same things over and over again. So we did an episode called learn to love your lockdown leftovers. Mm. So think about what you might have in your fridge. Like most people have a roast chicken, right? If you just, you just Google that you will find an array of recipes you probably weren't even considering. And my newest cookbook that came out, for example, we have, you know, roast chicken four different ways to just put a global spin on things, Peruvian, Peruvian, or why not serve, you know, a roast chicken with spicy peanut sauce. So there's lots of different ways to, it's kind of like high, low fashion. Like you could maybe uh, make your own chicken, but you know what, go to Trader Joe's and try a sauce you've never had before, like a chimichurri sauce just to really, you know, spice things up a little bit. So when it comes to being bolder in the kitchen, I'm really bold in the bedroom, Katie, but I'm not very bold in the kitchen. (laughs) So how can I get beyond, you know, the hot dish and the chicken and the things I normally 
try. Now, I know you have so many award-winning cookbooks, and a lot of them are around Asian cuisine. I'm intimidated. I'm a Norwegian Midwestern, Midwestern woman. I'm intimidated to try and make Thai food or Chinese cuisine. How can you help me out today? I need your help. Well, you know, my mother at one point, I think she had 1,200 employees um, majority of which were Swedish and Norwegian. So she really had to demystify Asian cooking for Scandinavian cooks, right? right? And so she sort of passed that torch on to me to demystify, uh, really break it down for the everyday home cook. And once again, I say, just start small. Don't pick a recipe that has 25 ingredients. You know what? You're just going to feel overwhelmed. But there are quite a few Asian recipes that are very simple. I think Thai cuisine, um, in my opinion, is a lot more simple than Chinese cuisine because there's just a couple of basic um, cooking techniques. And you really want to achieve, you know, those four flavors, sweet, sour, salty, hot in every bite of the recipe that you take. So I might say maybe start with a Thai recipe a simple stir fry that has maybe five ingredients. For example, I mean, I'm not trying to uh, diss my uh, own heritage cuisine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying maybe start there, but other Chinese recipes like fried rice, the ultimate dish to make with leftovers. I like to call it everything, but the kitchen sink fried rice. And, you know, we all enjoy Chinese takeout from time to time. Fried rice is best when you use rice um, from the day before that's chilled overnight because the grains separate as you cook it. So that's a great recipe for one, because I mean, for one, literally and figuratively, because you can just take whatever you have in your fridge or freezer. I like to use, you know, put some eggs in there, maybe chopped up roast chicken or even grilled steak, chop that up, frozen peas. Everybody has those in their freezer. And then you have a complete, you know, one pot meal that you can literally throw together in under 10 minutes. When it comes to technique around stir fry, I actually like making stir fry. I find that it's fun. It's kind of exciting because you have to turn, you know, I have to turn the heat up so high and get that wok nice and hot. I never knew that until recently. So I've learned a technique with that. What other techniques can you encourage or recommend when it comes to making Thai food, Chinese food that maybe, uh, again, the listener isn't familiar with? Yes. Well, um, there's a term called wok hei. It's a Chinese term and that means the breath of the wok. So you really want to get your wok as hot as possible so that everything cooks evenly and sears evenly. So a couple of tips, if you're working with a wok, you need to season that wok first. And by seasoning it, you uh, put it on low heat and, you know, rub it with oil and heat it so that it creates a natural nonstick finish. Number one, or use a nonstick pan. You don't even really need a wok, but a nonstick pan with high sides, very important. Secondly, uh, the mise en place, you know, everything in its place. Because everything cooks so quickly in stir fries, it's really important to have everything cut, cleaned, and ready to go. Because you don't have time. If you start cooking, you, you can't really be don't. like, oh, I got to chop the onion no, in the middle. No time you know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. So um, this is a great way, you know, if you, if you have kids to get them in on the act to help you get everything organized. Because things go in the pan, you know, depending on how long they cook. So mushrooms are going to go in first. Then red pepper, you know, probably towards the end. The other key thing a classic technique in uh, Cantonese stir fry cooking, you need to marinate your uh, proteins in a little bit of cornstarch and salt and pepper. And this is going to create sort of a natural exterior. So you can't overcook the protein and it's going to make it really juicy and delicious. And then the other tip, 
blanch your vegetables, blanch your broccoli, blanch your green beans. That means submerging um, vegetables in boiling water for a minute, then placing them in an ice bath, right? This is going to change I've your I've never skin done that. Oh, I'm really? oh try my that God. next. I've never blanched the vegetables Yay. before my stir fry. Oh. Yes, yes. And this, Katie, what this what does, tip. yes, what this does is uh, retains the beautiful color of the vegetables, but they stay tender, crisp, and they don't get soggy and overcooked. So uh, try it. You're, you're going to thank me, I swear. Okay, I am. Well, Thanksgiving is just around the corner. And I know some divorcees will not be celebrating with their kids or family. They'll be by him or herself. So any suggestions around a creative meal on a holiday like Thanksgiving if you are solo? Well, you know, listen, I think that I certainly was in that place at one point. I think I kind of felt sorry for myself, but then I felt like I'd be missing out if I wasn't having the deliciousness of Thanksgiving. So listen, if you're craving the traditional meals you had growing up for Thanksgiving, that that great meal your grandma made or whatever, I would, you know, go for it if you want to put in the work and the effort, but also once again, maybe buy some of the stuff so you don't feel like the onus is all on you. Maybe, you know what, buy a pre-roasted turkey. Who cares? Or you know what, just buy the breast, buy the turkey breast, stick that thing in the oven. And uh, one thing I made last year is um, I took all of the classic ingredients and I rolled it up in an egg roll and I fried it and I dipped it in the gravy. Oh my God. So a fun way, right, to put a spin on it, maybe buy half of the stuff pre-made, roll that, all that stuff up into an egg roll and you'll get every taste sensation of Thanksgiving in a single bite. Amazing. Any other creative sides you can recommend to the listener around Thanksgiving that maybe he or she hasn't tried yet? Well, I, I am going to be making some media appearances around putting a global spin on Thanksgiving Ooh. because my cookbook is all global. So, you know, why not add something interesting? Like you're saying, like add some bold flavors to uh, typical things you might serve, like a harissa glaze to rainbow carrots. Harissa is a sweet, smoky, and tangy. Uh, Where does one glaze. find that glaze? That I you can get that at an ethnic market or online. Okay. I do believe they sell it at Trader Joe's as well. It's a Tunisian chili pepper paste mixed with honey. Oh, it's so mm. darn delicious. How about wasabi mashed potatoes? You're serving mashed potatoes anyway. Why not do half as wasabi and put a little kick into your Thanksgiving? Also, I have a recipe for crispy cauliflower and gojujang glaze. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I am having a moment right now. My body just had like a, a strong reaction to that. Wow, that sounds sexy and delicious. Yes, yes. Oh Maybe goodness. not for everybody, but I'm sure some people will appreciate mixing it up a little bit. Say that cauliflower dish again. I just got so distracted by my physical physical response. Crispy cauliflower and a gochujang glaze. <laughs> That's like foreplay, Katie. I don't know. That's a little bit. <laughs> can you feel that listener? Cause I can feel that over here. I'm feeling that. Okay. I might need to get that recipe from you after this episode. Absolutely. Okay. I don't really do much with cauliflower. I forget how fun cauliflower can be. Well, not only that, it's a great substitute for rice. You know, you've seen cauliflower oh, rice. True. You can just buy a head and stick it in your food processor to turn it into like, you know, texture of rice. But I often use it as a substitute for rice and fried rice. So it's like fried rice. And the benefit of this is obviously higher nutrients. It's a cruciferous vegetable, cancer fighting and lower in calories. Mm. So 
a great, great thing to try. Great thing to try. And do you bake as well? I do a little. Um, my daughter is more of a baker than me. Uh, I, I usually stick to more savory stuff. Okay. The one thing I like about baking is that you can make something like I made apple crisp, two batches of apple crisp this last weekend. And then I gave most of it away, which brings so much joy to me and to my neighbors and to friends that I have that are, again, they're solo. They're not wanting to cook a batch of or bake a batch of apple crisp. So to yeah. the listener, I mean, that's a fun Thanksgiving day project. Like you could make some fun desserts and share them with your neighbors. They'd be Absolutely. so grateful. For sure. It's a great idea. I have a question for you about your childhood. So what did your mom, Leanne Chin, teach you about cooking that you've passed on to your children? Well, I think cooking is really storytelling and it's mm. the ultimate show of love. In, you know, our Chinese American family, you know, my parents didn't hug us. They didn't say, I love you. They didn't say good job. If I came home with all A's, I'd get like a whole steam fish and black bean sauce. If I came home with all B's, I got pork chow mein. <laughs> oh, fascinating. So that's how they showed their love and appreciation through what they, the meal they prepared. Yes. Yes. My mother, especially. So um, for me, you know, it's my mother's legacy. And I think my children really honor that and they understand the importance of, of it and uh, what she gave to the world. So uh, again, I think it's the ultimate show of affection and love, not only for my immediate family, but for all my friends. And that's one thing when I went through my divorce, you know, getting to know myself again and, and having my friends over and cooking the things I love to cook. That was just such a great, you know, new sense of uh, discovery for myself that just brought so much fun and laughter and joy back into my life. And that is such a inspiration for the listener and for me, because I want to learn how to be a better cook and why not invite one of my divorced friends to come and make a meal with me. And together we can have great conversation and, and enhance our cooking abilities. So that's inspiring. Yes. That's yeah, a great idea. Absolutely. It's a yeah, great idea. Yeah, or like a little cooking club. I remember. Oh, I love that. One of my first Valentine's Day meals, I invited a bunch of single friends over because I was feeling sorry for myself. And we called it Sergeant Lonely Hearts. Club. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what you cooked, Katie? Oh my gosh. I think I made, I remember making pasta and I think I made like a chocolate, like an easy chocolate souffle. And then I think everybody. Oh, brought- just an easy one. You know, well, you know, <laughs> I swear. Uh, and then everybody brought something too. So that was fun because it was communal. Everyone felt like they were participating, something to look forward to. And absolutely, um, it was really great. That would be a fun every uh, month having a, a cooking club gathering. I love that idea. Yes, yes. You're just inspiring me in so many ways, this conversation. Oh. I thank you so much. I'm sure the listener feels the same way. My mom, see, my mom growing up, Katie, everything was like a hot dish or a pot roast. I mean, if if I made tacos for my family, that was, whoa, that was a, that was a, a out of the box meal. So I, you know, I really know I need to up my game, but I do love to cook with my kids and I do love to bake with my kids. So when it comes to your childhood, how would you say your relationship with cooking has changed? I mean, mine has changed because I have kids and I need to be more thoughtful about my meals, but I, I also need to be more creative with them. So how would you say your, your relationship with cooking has changed since your childhood? Well, if you're not familiar with my mother's incredible success story, she was a seamstress making 50 cents an hour, but she always loved to cook. And then one day she threw a luncheon for some sewing clients in the early 1970s and they were blown away by her food because they had never had authentic Chinese cuisine before. So they encouraged her to start teaching classes and catering. So she started this catering operation in the basement of our house on 47th and Bryant. 
in our tiny little, there were like 10 people living in our house with one bathroom, by the way. And so we spent our childhoods because that's just the Chinese way, right? You don't complain. You don't ask questions. You're just expected to be the labor force for your family's small business. Mm -hmm. So while all the kids were ice skating or at the mall, I was stuck in this basement frying chicken pieces, gritting my teeth, you know, resenting it the whole time. And so um, I was, but we knew something magical was happening to our mom and we weren't allowed to complain anyway. So, and then later I worked in the restaurants, but I was like, I am never working in the food industry and I'm getting out of here. It's freezing cold. So I left and I moved to LA and I worked in the entertainment industry for 14 years. So I was working for, you know, companies like Disney, Fox and Universal, and I completely had forgotten how to cook. I mean, I was just jumping on planes all the time, was a very busy executive. And then one day I decided to throw a dinner party for some clients at Fox. And I kept calling my mom and asking her questions. And she was so frustrated. She got on a plane with frozen lemon chicken. She showed up on my doorstep. She cooked the entire meal, but she let everyone think that I had cooked it. Wow. So meanwhile, she found only champagne and yogurt in my fridge and was completely mortified. And she set up to teach me how to cook again. So that really reignited my passion for cooking. And that's when my life completely changed. And I realized my purpose in life was to honor her culinary legacy. And so that uh, purpose turned to passion. And Mm. therefore I'm, you know, all about it now, all about honoring her and setting an example uh, for my kids through food. That is so inspiring. Thank you for sharing that. I didn't know that story about your mom. How powerful and how powerful for you to carry that on in your life. That's amazing. That's beautiful. I feel so lucky that I was given that gift. So, Well, thank you for gifting us with this delicious conversation about how to have more comfort and excitement when it's a table for one experience. Any other last tips or advice for the listener before we talk about how they can, he or she can find you in your cookbooks and your, your wonderful recipes? Well, when I decided to when my mother and I came together, I just decided to change my life completely. I saw an opportunity to finally get to know her and just change my life because I wasn't happy. So I literally left my job as a senior VP at Fox and left my husband all in the same month. And you uh, go, girl. <laughs> you go, Katie. I, I know I would recommend doing that all in the same month, but it all worked out. But I happened to look, I was staying with my you know gay best friend when I left him. And I saw this quote from Oprah and O Magazine that said, leap and the net will appear. And it just struck me. And I was like, you know, what? What is the worst that could happen to me? Whether it's in the kitchen, whether it's in the bedroom, whether it's, you know, deciding to leave your spouse, whether it's uh, pivoting and becoming an entrepreneur, changing your job. Life is short. If not now, then when? And I say, just go for it. Go for that. Go for that dream and go for trying a new recipe in the kitchen. Absolutely. <laughs> we can all achieve it. that, what right? You, to lose, exactly. you, know? you, won't, you won't regret trying. Exactly. Well, thank you for the inspiration. Now, I know you have so much more inspiration. You have all these cookbooks and you have so many shows you've participated in and articles you've written and blogs you've written and you're just so busy over there in LA. So how can the listener find you, follow you, buy your books and all of that fun or give hey. the, give your cookbooks for a, a lovely holiday present. That'd be a oh, great holiday hey. present. Thanks so much. So my blog is chefkatiechin.com. My latest cookbook, Katie Chin's Global Family Cookbook, available on Amazon. Great holiday gift. Um, But I've done four books prior to that one. My Chinese cookbook, which came out in 2016, actually honors my late mother's memory, filled with lots of anecdotes and stories about growing up in Minnesota and our life together cooking. Um, My handles on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, um, it's at Chef Katie Chin. 
and you can find me on LinkedIn at Katie Chin. And I'm also working on a one-woman show called Holy Shiitake, a rock star ah! born, coming soon to Minneapolis. Ooh, uh, I'll be there with my gaggle of girls. Oh, thank you. Hopefully, I'm going to say spring 2022. Okay, and I know that next time you come to town, we're going to have karaoke, a coffee. Baby. Karaoke, coffee, can't wait, Katie. <laughs> I'll bring the earplugs so I won't punish you with my singing, but. Oh my God. It's just, it's not about singing. It's about performing. And my final words are karaoke is the path to happiness. I think drag is the path to happiness, but we can agree. Oh my God. Well, we can combine the two. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't wait. And I can't wait, cannot wait to try some of these new recipes. Thank you so much again for your inspiration. Oh, thank you so much, Sadie. That was such a savory chat. I, I learned so much. What did you learn? I, I learned that I've been cooking rice wrong my whole adult life. So that changes today, which is so exciting. And I learned that, you know, you can actually be creative with an egg roll. Are you going to try that? Are you going to try Katie's Thanksgiving egg roll or her wasabi mashed potatoes? I might be too Minnesotan for that, but I'm going to think about it. I'm going to think about it and I'll keep you posted. Well, the idea of not only only eating delicious food, but also making it and feeling more comfortable makes me feel so happy, which leads me to want to share a tip to happiness with you. Say these tips to happiness. My tip to happiness this week is I want you to take some time to focus on gratitude, gratitude specifically around your divorce. What from your divorce do you feel most grateful for? What has your divorce brought into your life that you didn't have prior to your divorce? What have you learned about yourself? What have you learned about relationships? What is a new thing that you've tried? Where is a new place you've gone? How have you reimagined your living space? Just what are you grateful for when it comes to your divorce? And just for some inspiration, I've asked a couple of listeners to share what they're most grateful for around their divorce. Hi, Sadie. It's Jen here. Say, after we resingled, I realized that I'm strong enough to get through anything. And that allows me to go into life every day knowing that it's going to be okay, no matter what happens, how frustrating it might be, who dumps me, who doesn't show up for me, I'm still going to get through it. And that is huge. That's a strength I never thought I would have. This is Rondell, and uh, what I feel thankful for since being divorced is uh, just having the freedom to do the things that I want to do. Um, you know, just going out when I want to, uh, achieving uh, career success, and also for all the people I've met. I'm definitely thankful for all the new friends that I've made um, that I probably wouldn't have made had I never gotten divorced. Um, and also, you know, I'm also thankful for just learning so much more about romance and dating and uh, how to fall in love. Well, isn't that so inspiring that just listening to the comments just gave me such a boost. I hope it's given you such a boost. And I'm excited to share that I will be sharing more words of gratitude from other listeners just like you on next week's episode. Now let's go and create some yummy, memorable, scrumptious, and happy table for one meals this week. It is the month of gratitude, and I would be so grateful if you would follow, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, and be sure to visit my website, divorcedandhappy.net, where you'll find every delicious episode of my podcast. If you've been following the podcast for a while now, or if this was your first time today and you found some value, you were entertained, you were you were inspired, I would be so grateful if you consider buying me a cup of coffee. And it's so easy. Just visit www.buymeacoffee.com backslash Sadie Marie, and you can buy me a cup or two online 
online, and I thank you in advance for your support. I'm your host, Sadie Marie, and I am ready, and I hope you are too, to create some happy table for one memories for myself after this episode. I will see you next week, and until then, you take good care.